This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Let's talk a little bit of social media now. Well, TikTok uh, specifically. TikTok's recommendation algorithm pushes self-harm and eating disorder content to teenagers within minutes of them expressing interest in the topics. New research suggests the Center for Countering Digital Hate found that the video sharing site will promote content including dangerously restrictive diets, pro-self-harm content and content romanticizing suicide to users who show a preference for the material even if they are registered as under 18. Now, for its study, the campaign group set up accounts in the U.S., uh, the U.K., Canada and Australia registered with ages of 13, the minimum age uh, for joining the service. It created standard and vulnerable accounts, uh, the latter containing the term uh, lose weight in their username, which CCDH said reflected research showing that social media users who seek out eating disorder content often choose usernames containing uh, related language. Joining me now to talk about TikTok's algorithm and whether or not it promotes eating disorders and suicide is Jesse Miller, founder of Mediated Reality. Good afternoon, Jesse. Jazz, as always, thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I, I always enjoy our chats uh, and and uh, really uh, respect the sort of your, your your thoughtful comments on social media, which is so uh, prevalent in our lives. Uh, your thoughts, first of all, on this study. How much um, should we collectively be paying attention to it? Well, okay, so it, this is a cyclical conversation, and it doesn't matter the platform. We have the same concern with Instagram pushing eating disorder content to users about four or five years ago. Um, and even before that, when Instagram was just in its infancy, we had major concerns about content that was supposed to be censored. But um, Facebook at the time was really having a, a struggle of how to censor uh, harm, harm, uh, self-harm content and eating disorder content from users. And if we go back 10, 15 years, we had the same issue with Facebook. And even going back 20 years, I think there was a MySpace study that came out as well. So the platform itself is benign. But one thing we have to keep in mind here is that TikTok's algorithm is so intuitive to the user that it dials into anything that the user is choosing to keep away from their everyday lives. So we're seeing that with aspects of relationships. We're seeing it with aspects of interests. And so you Google something, you search something on your mobile device, TikTok's algorithm is paying attention to that. And users have to keep in mind that when they are using outside uh, uh, applications, the TikTok application once on your phone or, or your, your laptop is paying attention to a lot of the things you do online and suggesting uh, content based on those searches that you do on any platform. Hmm. So in this case, uh, where uh, these people were registered with at the age of 13, which is the minimum age, um, should parents actually forbid kids to be, you know, for going on to social media at that age, or at least TikTok at that age, make, making them wait a few more years? No, no, not at all. And here's the thing. We have to keep in mind that we we do know that the user themselves are, are going to be subject to a lot of influences in their everyday lives. And social media itself is, is, is somewhat is somewhat uh, neutral. So if we go back to 1990 and your high school counseling office, most of that stuff is about uh, career placement, how to get your grades up, how to get some extracurriculars. There's not a lot about mental health. There's not a lot about eating disorders. There's not a lot about gender identity or sexual orientation. 
But today, we have a lot more worry in our everyday lives about how kids are reacting to social media content because we're also encouraging other conversations. So if we hear a study that says 9 out of 10 girls are dealing with body image issues and they're all citing Instagram as part of that dialogue, we don't have that narrative in 1990 or 1995 because the platform doesn't exist and the medium of communication doesn't exist. But if we ask the same people in 1995, hey, where are you getting these ideas of your body image? And they say, well, the magazines at the supermarket or what I see on television, Hmm. we can blame the medium. So within that, we have to keep in mind, kids who use social media are usually doing fairly impressive and pretty, you know, uh, uh, progressive things. But the reality of it is that kids who are prone to self-harm, kids who are prone to mental health issues, who are dealing with issues, they are going to find that content in other places. So those parents who are dealing with issues that their kids are very much kind of prone to have Mm -hmm. to look for the red flags in a variety of spaces. It's not just the platform. So in this case, the report itself, uh, beyond what it says, it's really a a call for parents to be much more vigilant uh, and aware of what their kids are doing and their behavior. Uh, And as you say, uh, you know, some of the things that they may that they may be prone to be involved in. It's really this is a, a sort of a reminder. Once again, it's still down to the parent in regards to keeping an eye on your child and seeing who they seeing what they consume. 100%. 100%. And, and, and again, with TikTok, we have to keep in mind that the algorithm is very intuitive. So there is going to be a little bit more of a concern compared to how a child was using Instagram and searching self-harm content. So one of the things that parents can do here is just talk to their kids and say as equally, hey, how was your day at school? Or, hey, how was your day with your friends? What did you do online today? Let's talk about that as a family. And the more that parents keep an open and safe space for their kids to talk about their internet experiences and not shame what their kids do or overreact, their kids are going to see their parents as a safe space. So if parents are seeing the red flags of an eating disorder or red flags of self-harm, and they can say, hey, you know, did you do anything online today that would maybe contribute to you feeling this way? Or are you subscribing to anything online that might make you think that your body image is inadequate compared to others? That's the path that helps kids know that parents care, that parents are looking for their best interests, and at the end of the day, that the way the kids are seeing the world through any lens isn't necessarily indicative of who they are and what value they bring to the world. Jesse, thank you. Thank you as always, Jess.